0: Hello, welcome to the Withy the Window Podcast brought to you by Covenant Coffee. The Withy the Window Podcast exists to help men and women have dominion and mastery over their corner of the earth as they build godly households that are sturdy, productive, and joyful. We believe that Jesus Christ is Lord overall, and we desire to see His Word come out our fingertips, and particularly, we desire to build upon the commands of Christ by speaking specifically about the wisdom of applying those commands. Again, my name is Matt, and I'm joined here by my wife Sarah. Hi, guys. Well, friends, before we get started here today, let me encourage you to do a a couple or a a few um, kind things, if you wouldn't mind. Uh, first of all, please share our podcast with anyone that you believe could be helped. But let me encourage you that when you do, something I think that's a little more practical uh, or practically helpful is don't just say, hey, you should wit- listen to the With The Window podcast. But if a particular episode strikes you as helpful for a particular person, then share uh, a link to that particular episode. Um, and, that, and that's just a, a helpful way to connect them to something that's specific. Uh, to their life. And then two, we uh, just want to say thank you to those who are our um, Patreon subscribers. Uh, we really do appreciate you and are thankful um, for your gifts. And uh, And if you're not a Patreon subscriber, please consider joining us on Patreon. And number three, uh, p- please go leave us a five-star review. Uh, please, uh, if you're listening on, on Spotify, you can't do that, but on uh, on Apple, uh, you can go leave a review. So
1: not a four, not a, a four, five, <laughs> but a
0: five. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, here is the deal: sometimes you get uh, bad reviews, and for someone who doesn't know us, uh, that might have a negative impact on them, and mm-hmm. uh, that's really unfortunate. Um, but uh, uh, you know, people don't expect perfect five-star review right. uh, on everything these days because you're going to have the trolls out there. So, um, But, uh, uh, you know, a five-star would be helpful. So. <laughs> <laughs> today we want to talk about having a sturdy household. And uh, I've titled it today, Steady Dad Makes a Sturdy House. So when we say a sturdy household, what we mean is a house that will stand the test of time. Like, think of... A household that stands when the storms come or, uh, you know, when the the wind blows or when the wolf comes by, you know, what That's kind what of... That's
1: what I was thinking. <laughs> you want it made of brick.
0: That's right. We want it made of brick, not made out of...
1: What, the sticks and the straw?
0: The sticks and the straw. Straw,
1: sticks, and then brick.
0: That's right. We want a house made out of bricks. Um. Now, as we think about that, uh, when do you prepare for sturdiness what do you do when do you work on the sturdiness of a house it's it's really not during the storms like that's if you start preparing for to be a sturdy household during the storm like you've you've already lost it um, but you prepare during the mundane moments you prepare Sunday through Saturday you prepare every day of the week mm-hmm. you prepare around the dinner table you prepare in the Test of disciplining a child; uh, those moments with that child is a test of your sturdiness. So, will you stick to the convictions, or will you waver? Like that's the challenge. Like whether it's with your spouse. Like we just did a, a Patreon exclusive episode talking about like uh, how that that you that there's no need to fight. So how do, you, how do you live in a way that just precludes fighting? Well, you have to work hard on those things, because when you get into the heated moment, if mm-hmm. you don't train for that moment, if those aren't convictions that you wear, then you're going to waver in that moment.
1: Right. I mean, each mundane opportunity, will you sow to the spirit or will you sow to the flesh? And this is something we all have to wrestle with.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and the idea of this training, Rusty uh, Pastor Russ actually talked about this in, in his sermon today at Christ the Lord. Uh, he said this: you will default to your training. You so what he means by that is, uh, like most of us like to think that when the trial comes, you'll kick it in the gear.
1: Yeah, we'll have it all together.
0: Yep. Or you or you may not have it all together, but you're going to go to the next level.
1: Yeah, you're going to be amazing.
0: You're going to be amazing. You're going to... You, that that thing that you think you can do and you should do, you're going to do it when the trial comes. Mm-hmm. You'll finally fight the way you should fight. Or, yeah, you
1: won't freeze.
0: Correct, correct. But what he argued is that um, when the when the storm comes, you will... Like, your person will settle in... For the storm at the level you trained at.
1: That was really helpful, and it makes mm-hmm. sense.
0: Yeah. You will, you will default to that. So, so when it comes to having a sturdy household, you've got to train. You have to prepare. When it comes to not fighting your spouse um, and being on the same team, you've got to uh, uh, train when you're not in the fight of how it's going to look like when the fight, when the temptation to fight comes. Right. Um, and and I said this today in our service, that if you don't conquer, you will be conquered. So meaning if you're not walking aggressively in your training, then like to, to conquer the next thing, then... Um, then you will be conquered. And, and and we tend to think about conquering as, as a heavy, heavily masculine thing, but it's also a womanly thing, too. Like, we're both called to subdue the earth. We just have our proclivities of how we're going to do that as a man and a woman. But we're both called to train and hew down and, and uh, prepare for whatever's next.
1: You know, a real quick practical picture of what that could look like is, say, after a trial— and the trial's over, and you you can look backwards and say, "Wow, that was I grew so much." And then there's like this time of a little bit peace. And um, what do you do during that peace time? Um, well, what's wise and good in your training for the next trial because we know it's going to come is you're building your arsenal. What scriptures are you going to go to? What was your, what were you tempted? In that trial, yeah. So you're training yourself, and so you just need to have this arsenal, say in a notebook, um, scripture references, scripture memory cards, things that you know is your proclivity to where your weaknesses are. Yeah. And so that's how you, um, that's how you go into the next trial um, with better armor, with more fortitude, with conquering.
0: Yeah, yeah. And and I would add to that, not just like. Memorizing those verses, writing them down, but actually seeking to put them into practice, like mm-hmm. work with them, right? Put them in your hands and go do something with them, right? Whether that's with your kids or with your spouse or with uh, your coworker, like those, it, it's it's when it goes from your head and you begin to love it, and then you put it in your hands to actually use it, then like you're really training well. You're
1: right; it solidifies it.
0: Yep. So, again, back to this, when we think of sturdy, what does this require for this kind of sturdiness? It requires things like convictions, principles, wisdom, deep roots, well-guided emotions, a steady father, and a steady mother. And when I say well-guided emotions, I want to be, like, very clear here. Like, emotions... Um, in and of themselves are not bad. It's when that they're guided by falsehood, or wrong perceptions, or evil um, that that they become a huge hindrance mm-hmm. um, to being having a steady, uh, a sturdy household. Yeah. But when emotions are guided well, um, so when you're extremely happy over righteousness, like mm-hmm. that's a good emotion. Yeah. And if you fought hard. For righteousness in your home, then you want to have those emotions that come with righteousness. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, uh, happiness and and a lack of anxiety and and peacefulness. Like those are those are good things that you want to uh, to sense. So again, well guided emotions. Now, um, as we talk about sturdy, I want to introduce a second word here that will bring us uh, particularly into a little more biblical language to think about like a sturdy household. Um, The Bible uses the word like steadfastness. Um, There's a steadfastness that is to be um, true of every follower of Christ, male or female. Um, So I want to read to you a a verse here, um, or a paraphrase from James 1, um, Verse 3 and 4, and let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Someone said this the virtue of steadfastness presupposes such waves, big and small, trials, conflicts, difficulties, pressures that would move the ship and even send her out to sea were it not for the steadfast anchor holding the vessel firmly in place. Now, Christians are called to be steadfast and steadfast particularly in our faith, right? In our mm-hmm. convictions, in what we believe. And and in Hebrews we learned that that we are uh to be uh to realize that our anchor is Jesus Christ who's in the throne room of heaven. That that's where our steadfastness is a ap- is ultimately rooted.
1: That's his character, yep. the steadfast love of the Lord.
0: Yes. So as we talk about the wisdom of applying steadfastness today, that's what you've got to keep in your mind, that we're not just talking about like a, a bootstrap kind of thing, but but that, that when we talk about steadfastness, your steadfastness has to be rooted in Christ, who is in the heavenly throne room, who is your king. Who is the Lord over all, who is our great high priest, who has secured eternal life, um, who is there interceding for us and sending all the power necessary to us to live faithfully for him today. See, Peter, Paul, and James mention like the waves that threaten to carry us away. Like in Romans five verse three, our sufferings; James one verse two, trials of various kinds; Second Peter one verse four, the corruption that is in the world. Like these, all these things—sufferings, trials, corruption—all of those things um, will threaten our steadfastness. So, in this episode, as we think about a sturdy home requires a steady dad, mm-hmm. dad is going to be faced with sufferings, trials of various kinds, and the corruption that's in the world. So he's he's got to learn how to fight against these things. Now, steadfastness isn't, though, um, and again, someone said this, steadfastness isn't a virtue that shines in comfort, but in conflict. Under trial like in James 1, in persecutions, afflictions, and sufferings, 2 Thessalonians 1, 2 Timothy 3, that's where steadfastness uh, shines the most. Like, it doesn't... When when life is comfortable, that's where you should work on steadfastness. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, why should you be steadfast? But then when small trials come... You should have steadfastness like in the forefront of your mind, like, I'm going to work on this now in these mundane moments, like, am I going to be steadfast in holding my kids to a biblical standard? So steadfast in that moment might be getting up off the couch and going and spanking your child for their unrighteousness. That You need to practice steadfastness, uh, and you say, well, what's steadfa- is it just steadfastness to go discipline my kid? Well, yes, but the the root behind that is steadfastness in your faith in God, that he has told you that if you will discipline your kid with love, that it will honor him and it will be good for your child. So steadfastness in the faith of what God has said.
1: right. You were just like describing that's it's got to be rooted in God. And so mm-hmm. your thought process of why you go discipline your child. You just showed the root. That's yeah. why you do it. Yep. You know, in humans typically try to avoid hard things. It's pretty natural to do so. It's similar in how weeds just grow without effort. In the same way, humans, we just, you know, weeds sprout up and also humans just avoid hard things.
0: So let me give you an example. Tonight, sure. we had our neighbor show up at our house telling, uh, and, she, and it was the first time I've met this neighbor, and she says, um, have you counted your chickens lately? <laughs> That was like her first words. I went, oh, shoot. And, and here in my mind, I'm like looking out in the yard and I'm going, oh, my gosh. Do we have like 15 chickens across the yard in our neighbor's house? Yeah. Like I'm like worried. She's like, well, I, ha- I have one. So I'm like, <laughs> okay, good. So, <laughs> Just one. So I immediately think, all right, I'm going to go in and get one of the boys. Um, And I chose Hayden to take him across the road to try and chase this chicken around. Now... Uh, first of all, this isn't really related to doing hard things, but I'll get there in a second. But this <laughs> chicken is so this the lady's house is really cool, but it's like built into the the hillside. Mm-hmm. So on the back side, it's about a foot step up and you're on the roof. And then the roof goes up as it moves towards the front of the house and then just drops off. So the chicken decides to get up and run around on this lady's roof. <laughs> so she's up there running around. I'm like, oh, my gosh, she's like going to break a hip. Uh, so I'm like, can I get up on your roof? So I'm like chasing this chicken around on the roof. Well, then we get it down, and then it decides to go into the woods. And I'm like, like standing, it's starting to rain. It's wet. I, don't, I just want to come home and you know do this. Mm-hmm. And Hayden, so I let him for minutes and minutes like chase this chicken <laughs> through the woods. <laughs> and finally I'm like, I'm gonna have to do the hard thing. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna have to get in the woods. And it's oh honeysuckle. If you know what that is, it's just mm-hmm. terrible and mm-hmm. annoying. And it's wet. Mm-hmm. And I've and literally once I got in the woods, it was oh this whole thing that had lasted like twenty minutes was over and done. In about 60 seconds. Because mm. I finally decided to do the hard thing. You were
1: dreading the hard thing.
0: I was. I was. And I just... I, yes. And we chased the chicken. It ran across the road. Um, I told this chicken as soon as I saw it. I said, I'm not diving after you. Well, <laughs> she won. So humans don't want to do hard things.
1: That is true. Great example, Matt.
0: Okay. <laughs> I hope like, so.
1: Right. And practically, like I've had to recognize that i want easy that's my proclivity and instead i've had to replace that with choosing to do hard things and you know and i can take that back to jesus doing the ultimate hard things and that he showed us what love was um living a perfect life um, sinless life um with with despite the temptation and and Mm -hmm. the cross i mean that was intentional dutiful joyful sacrificial love and so doing like making a conscious choice to do hard things has helped me grow in contentment and it's helped me choose to be to be steady so it's choosing versus just only feeling
0: like feeling what like what do you mean
1: like just going on what i feel like i feel like doing something easy i Mm. feel like staying out of the woods right (laughs) no i'm I, i recognize my feeling And a feeling of wanting easy, I'm going to choose to go do this hard thing.
0: Yeah, yeah. Which it's not always evil to like. Oh no. Desire to do the easier thing. I just tonight I just desired to stay dry (laughs) and let my kid get wet. You know, Um, but then I had to choose to do the hard thing.
1: Sure. I mean, it's not always sinful, right? Like, it's just preferential.
0: Yeah. but But here we're talking about building a sturdy household. So it's going to require you to do hard things.
1: Exactly.
0: So from there, I just want you to take like the sturdy and then the steadfastness. And I want to talk about a steady father. So if a house is going to be sturdy, it's going to need a steady father. And what I mean by that, like a steady father is going to lead in a house that does feel like consistent peaceful, uh, an ease to it, uh, like an unshakableness, as opposed to a house uh, that feels tumultuous or anxious or uneven.
1: Like unsettled.
0: Yeah. Like those... um, A steady father, again, is going to bring a house... To feel consistent, peaceful, versus anxious, uneven. So let me give you maybe some examples. Um, so what's the home going to be like when mom or dad walk in the door? Like, and I think we gotta understand like our kids are intuitive. Like they they may not be able to explain what's going on, but every child is going to have a measure of like what is like when they see mom and dad roll up to the door or come in through the garage. Like, in their minds, they're going to wonder what's this evening going to be like now that mom's home, Mm -hmm. now that dad's home. And if a child has a tumultuous parent, uh, has a dad in this situation that isn't a steady, uh, sturdy, uh, peaceful, consistent father... Then that child is going to experience a measure of anxiousness and worry and unease. Because mm-hmm. they're going to be like, well, what's going to happen tonight now that dad's home? And if you're going to have a sturdy household, then you need a steadfast, a steady dad that is holding on to and being held by his convictions. So we'll get to that in a bit. But what we're talking about right now is. That child wondering what's it going to be like. Um, another example of this, like from dad, is is would be like a dad who brings his his work home in an unhealthy way. And I'm going to define healthy way in a little bit, but he brings his work home, meaning like he is just spent mm-hmm. and exhausted, emotionally gone, and he brings that into the house and takes it out on his kids, and maybe he takes it out by being a jerk, uh, like verbally. Or maybe he takes it out on spanking harshly, or he takes it out on just being quiet and despondent and disconnected. So, I mean, it could be a couple different ways that looks.
1: And it could be that your kids actually expect that, because that's what you consistently do. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't always have to be back and forth, back and forth. It could just be you consistently bringing the work home with you, or the effects of the work, your tiredness, and...
0: Yep. And what this provides is uh, so when you have a steady household, like I want you to understand some of the it provides many things. but one of the things it provides is a space for your kids to explore because instead of them having to spend their inner man trying to figure out like what's the next moment going to look like? Like They're worried, or they know that the next moment could be full of tension, or the next moment could be happy, because it's we're just following the mood of Dad, or we're following the whims of Dad. And, and so instead of them having to spend that, that inner man thoughts and emotions and such on trying to anticipate or prepare themselves for the next unsteady moment... They get to spend that time exploring, like they get to spend that time knowing the Lord or spend that time um, uh, being creative or mm-hmm. or spend that time just being a child mm-hmm. instead of trying to float around mom and dad's whims, or in this case, dad's whims. Mm-hmm. Um, it gives your family space to be instead of, again, trying to cope with the crazy conditions.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Always trying to figure out how are we going to navigate around mom or dad?
1: Well, like their heart and their inner man is at peace. So, yeah, they can just, they can go be a kid. They can keep playing with their Play Doh or keep chasing chickens or going down the slip and slide. Like they just, they can just be.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, uh, a bad example of this in my life is um, Hayden, I think it was said to me, like, dad, you're brooding. <laughs> and I know I've used this in other episodes. And if you've ever like ran into a broody chicken, it's a chicken that wants to lay on eggs and hatch them out and she is very upset when you like try to take her eggs from her. She'll peck you. She'll peck you. She's (laughs) grumpy. Yes, (laughs) grumpy. Um so uh that is when I'm when I'm doing that I am not providing a steadiness to my family, which is not creating a sturdy household. So, all right. So, with that said, let's talk about some practical things. So I have like some admonitions to dad, of um, uh, very practical things I would encourage you to do that we would encourage you to do um, if you're going to be a steady dad, making a sturdy household. The first thing, and this this uh, phrase is not um, original to me, but it's been very helpful to me, is that dad should be a thermostat not a thermometer. So what I mean by that is in a thermostat, there is a thermometer, but a thermostat is more than a thermometer. A thermometer takes the temperature. A thermostat sets the temperature. Mm -hmm. So now it, it pays attention to the temperature that's already there. So a thermostat doesn't just do what it wants to do and puts the temperature where it wants it but it acknowledges the temperature and then takes the temperature to where it needs to go. Mm-hmm. But what a lot of men do is they come home and they just kind of take the temperature in the room, wherever the wife's sat, wherever the kids are at, and then they just try to find a way to cope mm-hmm. through the rest of the evening. Mm-hmm. And so when they've done that, they have abdicated their leadership role, and they're letting their wife, her agenda, and it could be a good agenda, Mm-hmm. But letting her agenda, letting her emotions—it could be her sin, it could be the kids' sin, the unruliness, or whatever—and you just let you just take the temperature, and then men just find a way to kind of blend in. Mm-hmm. So maybe he just kind of sneaks off to the living room. Well, that seems he, easier. Or he just kind of goes and does his car stuff in the garage, or he jumps on the video games, or maybe he's a more quote kind husband and goes and starts doing some of the dishes, or. Or start sweeping some of the house. But, and not that those are, none of those things are necessarily bad. But if he's doing that because he just simply took temperature and he went, okay, I'm gonna stay out of everyone's way tonight. And he just goes off to the side, then he's not being a, thermo, a thermometer or a thermostat. He's being a thermometer. So I would encourage you to walk in, assess the household, and then be a thermostat to set the temperature to set it uh, at a place that is godly and steady for your family. So,
1: Yeah, and just a quick note, I know it's all about dads, but quick note to the wives, you know, for him to be that thermostat, um, something you as wives can do is ready yourself and ready the children, ready the household for those hours when dad does come home. Um, you know, don't have a hot temperature in the house. When dad comes home, you know, there's some Mm -hmm. preparation there, some mindfulness, um, that you're respecting his place and he's coming home and you know, you want to have, um, a joyful demeanor when he walks through the door. Yeah. Just like you want him to be joyful
0: when he walks through the door. (laughs) That's right. And I would say, um, to add to that, Sarah, like, um, be prepared for him to be the thermostat. Mm. Yep. Right. So it's just, it's really like easy. Like make way for him to do that. Yeah. It's really easy for wives to say, well, I've been at home with the kids all day. Now it's your turn. And, and the the subtle statement in there is I've been doing this hard work while you've been at work outside the home playing. And the reality is, is both mom and dad should be tired from working hard all day. Mm-hmm. Now, they, his might be hard from working physically or mentally, and hers might be from hard from working physically or mentally, but they should both be tired. And so it, it can't be. And so was, what, what's typical is then the wife's like, well, I've been with the kids all day, and the implication is, well, I don't know what you've been doing all day, and then for her to make it about her agenda for the evening, and then Dad just to ride along with that. But, but dad's got to be a steadying force in the household, um, not just when he's there, but even when he's there, preparing them to be steady when he's not there. So instructing his wife and encouraging her on how to be steady when he's not at home, um, which could mean anything from making sure he's disciplining the kids well so that they respect... And follow their mm-hmm. mom, mm-hmm. Um, or helping her set up good boundaries and systems, or you know whatever the, the sky's the limit. But be a thermostat, not a thermometer. Number two, uh, bring work home in a godly way. And and I want to speak to that, um, to kind of draw out the nuance there. Every everyone talks about like don't bring your work home. That's that's what I hear is typically the the proverb. Don't bring your work home. But I don't think that's the God. If men are to be on mission and their household is to be on mission with them, that He needs to bring His work home in a way that's not that He's worshiping it and controlled by it, but brings it home in a way that brings His family into the mission that He's been given. Yeah. Yeah. So meaning like at dinner time, talk about your job a little bit. Not, I mean, be careful. I have the proclivity to do this, to talk about it in a way that's uh, like too detailed or um, like uh, maybe boring. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> right. Uh, but to say, hey, I had this meeting today and I talked to this person and we got this part done and we finished this job and I helped this person. um and, and bring them into that. Maybe get their input. Hey, do you think... And you know, if your kids... You, you may not expect to get anything from them that you can use the next day. Right. But to ask them, hey, this happened and this happened. What do you think? And, and get their thoughts.
1: That's a really special little aspect of relationship between parent and child. You know, you're respecting them as a person. And, right, they might give you a child-like answer, mm-hmm. but you're building... Um, For
0: future conversations. Yeah, yeah, you're just laying the stepping stones for that. Next, Dad, develop your convictions and teach them. And certainly be humble, of course, doing this from the Word in in godly community and under godly pastors and elders, but develop your convictions. And I think it was Al Mohler at Southern Seminary said, beliefs are something you hold, but convictions are something that hold you. Mm-hmm. So, if you want to be steady and build a sturdy household, then you need convictions that are deep mm-hmm. and rich. Be- those are the. That's the training. Those are what you're going to default to.
1: It's exactly what I was thinking. When the storm comes.
0: Yep. Yep. It keeps you steady. Next, Dad, develop godly thick skin. <laughs> Again, I, this is you know you've you got to be humble but you need thick skin if you're going to be steady and you know that that's it's hard to prepare for that but certainly little trials can help you prepare for that and i can tell you the more you're attacked the the thicker your calluses grow in a good way but like but even thinking like and i want to be careful how i say this cuz i don't mean like being cold towards your wife, mm-hmm. or towards your kids, or towards the world, but developing a, a godly resistance to their whims. Because mm-hmm. right? they're all just sinful, the sure. world, your kids, your your wife. like There's going to be moments that it's going to be easy to get sucked into their world, or it's going to be easy to be persuaded by their sinfulness, mm-hmm. even if they're attacking you. Like, like I'm thinking very practically... Um, like like we talked about uh, uh, in the uh, don't learn how to fight with your spouse. Um, if you have a godly thick skin as a husband, then when your wife says something that she shouldn't say, that's mm-hmm. just unkind um, and not righteous for her to say it, if you have a godly thick skin... You're gonna let that bounce off of you, and you're gonna to stay to the course of righteousness.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but if you have a thin skin or a or an inflated ego, then she's going to it, that's going to pierce you, and then you're going to be ruled now by her unrighteousness. But if you have a have a thick skin that 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 you're comfortable in who you are in Christ, then it's going to bounce off of you, and then you can stay to the steady course of saying and doing and leading her in a way that's good and right and loving her the way you should.
1: You're like the steady beacon of truth, that when she just gets a little carried away with some emotion, some feeling, some maybe family, something, something, an extended family and she's maybe a little confused, emotional about something, like you're that steady beacon of Scripture, of conviction, of what the Word of the Lord says, yeah. and you can lead her back to what the Scriptures say.
0: Yeah, yeah. Now I would say that's I'm not saying you're cold and indifferent to her, because that's going, that's going to put uh, gasoline on the fire, <laughs> but you're steady. Um, same thing like with your kids. I mean, especially as your kids age, they sin towards you in more sophisticated ways. Um, you know, they, uh, they're going to say more hurtful things mm-hmm. and you as a parent, like you're going to have to address those. But if you let that, if you got such a big ego or you got such thin skin that it pierces through, then you're you're not going to be able to serve your child in the way that they need to be served because you're going to get unsteady. I like guess, Dad, you're going to now you're letting your kid uh, get in the driver's seat. Mm-hmm. You know we we say this um, with our kids often when another person says something that gets under the skin of the other person, like we get some upset. We say the phrase, um, "You've given them the keys." Um,
1: You've let them. Um... Make you angry, yeah, like out of control anger. Yep, sinful. So,
0: so we just say, "Free." You gave them the keys. You gave them the keys, mm-hmm. Henry. You you gave your brother the keys. Mm-hmm. Um, so in this sense, like Dad, don't give away the keys. Don't don't give them to your son or to your daughter when they said something that they shouldn't have said. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean don't address it, but it just means don't. You you can't you can't let that like drive you, and I'm not saying you you can't let it hurt you because if it if it was evil then it hurts you. Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying ignore the hurt. What I'm saying is let the glory of God drive you, mm-hmm. not the hurt. Yes. Um. Let righteousness drive you. That's what I mean by developing a godly thick skin. Next, Dad's consistently give good things to your kids like in your and your family meaning don't don't be sporadic but overflow with joy and hospitality towards your family um you know having a pleasant consistent attitude
1: and that sh- that shows on your face yes <laughs> it's got to it's got to be so in you that it wells up and shows on your face because it's yeah that's what they see
0: yeah, I definitely mean things like eat lots of popsicles and and ice cream and do fun things, but it don't mean just that. Um, consistently give your kids the good things like firm discipline, mm-hmm. just a, a a good spank, and a loving hug, and a good conversation. And then move on.
1: And a quick joy after that, because mm-hmm. of the restoration.
0: Mm-hmm. Give them warm hugs um, and good gifts. Um, you know, consistently give them good things. Um, next, um, Dad, be dangerous to sin. And remember, there's no peace without righteousness, um, which also means that so steadiness and peacefulness are tightly connected. So if there is unrighteousness in your home, you will not have a steady home. So that means, Dad, uh, sin in your own life, sin in your family's life, you will not have steadiness and sturdiness where there is regular unrighteousness, um, that like... That, if I'm talking about, like, again, being dangerous to sin, like, your kids need to know that dad doesn't put up with sin. And at the same time, he will help them work through it as well. Um, I would also encourage, like, don't be afraid to talk about the public sins of others. There's, like, you know, we want to be careful not to gossip, mm-hmm. slander, and those kind of things. But when other people's sins, like I'm thinking like you're particularly like uh, like a classmate said mm-hmm. such and such on the merry-go-round at school.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You, as a parent, don't be afraid at the dinner table to call it sin and to talk about that item.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, it could be the same thing with family members. You were at uh, you know grandparents' house. And that grandparent said something out loud that um, was not righteous or was unbiblical. Don't be afraid to talk about that. Now, don't do that in a um, demeaning, gossiping, slanderous way. But you can name it and show that, like we as a household, we don't we don't stand for that. We don't believe that. That's not the way we operate as a family, according to God's. Word right. certainly same thing with public figures and such. Their their sin is usually pretty out there. So
1: yeah, and that's you know these are all opportunities to train your kids in seeing sin and for them to see the consequences of sin outside your home because you talk plenty about it inside your home and to for them to see it outside and elsewhere. You know, it's a warning to them to guard themselves against sinfulness like that, but also to teach them how to. Pray for that person. Pray for their their hearts that they would repent, and you know. And then w- with that with that discussion, we trumpet the goal of repentance for them. It's it's a great opportunity.
0: That's good. Uh, next, Dad, be dangerous to anything that would hurt your family, like anything that would threaten the sturdiness of your household. Uh, don't just be reactive, but be proactive to the dangers in this world. Like meaning, Dad, look out and go see what waves are crashing against your family, or what waves are coming, and go set up barriers, set up protections, set up um, uh, you know like practically maybe like looking at TV and the direction TV is headed. Like go set up limits. Like we're not going to cross this threshold mm-hmm. as a family. Try to anticipate those things. That would bring unsteadiness to your home.
1: So. You know, maybe some examples of something that could hurt your family or would bring unsteadiness would be like maybe extended family issues. Maybe there's a, you know, a aunts, uncles, or grandparents, you know, there's just some, some ruffling of feathers and such, or say wife's emotions or misled convictions. These are threats to... Um, to your family, and so just got to be on guard. Those so like, are some examples. So, how
0: would you like? How would you be on guard with those things as as dad? Like, how would you do that?
1: Um, like knowing who said what, what the discussion is about, sifting through, you know, what was said. Was it biblical? Was it not? Um, taking that opportunity to talk with the kids about it. Um, say it's the other example with it being your wife's emotions or misled convictions. It, it's um, sifting her words and what she's thinking to, is this scriptural? Is this gossip? Is this um, over-emotionalism? Like, w- what's making her upset about that and helping her navigate through that? Because if it's not taken care of you know, with the husband sifting through that, then that's going to take root, mm-hmm. and it's going to be hurtful. It's gonna, it's gonna divert the family in some little way, yeah, or big way.
0: That's great. That's good. Uh, next, dad be immovable but joyful. You know, such steadfastness or this like thick-skinned, um, stubborn or weathered. It's not joyless. Uh, it's not without being a joyful father so that's where i'll be careful because our our world wants to like paint some stubborn thick-skinned guy as like cold mm-hmm. stoic or mean mm-hmm. but that's that's not you see the steadfastness of christ is rugged firm unshakable solid but that comes with great joy As Paul prays for the Colossians, for all endurance and patience with joy. So Colossians 1.11. So that's why, kind of bringing this full circle, Mm -hmm. that if your convictions are rooted in the anchor who is Christ, who is our king, our sovereign king, and sits on the throne room of heaven, and sits there as our great high priest then that brings a righteous stubbornness, mm-hmm. a weatheredness, a securedness, and a joyfulness, right? <laughs> yes. A jovialness, because, man, i that's me. I, I'm tied to that. I'm yeah. tethered to that. It doesn't matter what storms come. That's my anchor. Right. Like, so practically, I mean, when, then when I get into a moment that's that is going to test my steadiness... All I need to do is remember that there's an anchor that is holding me fast, and meaning like the waves, the storms, they can do whatever they want, but my eternal uh, life is secured by the blood of Jesus and by this king who sits on his throne uh, of the cosmos and is interceding on my behalf as my high priest and sending me all of the resources that I need. Absolutely. So, Dad, in order to do that, uh, I would end with this, you must be in the Word. Um, you must be in prayer. You must be submitted to godly elders. You need godly friends who will push you and challenge you.
1: And with that challenge, being humble with those exhortations that you think might be no big deal. Maybe you don't see it as a big deal, but in God's sovereignty, someone came and told you that.
0: That's right. Be steadfast as Christ your Lord is steadfast. So Hebrews 10, 23 says, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. So we hold fast without wavering or shaking or... uh, you know, giving way to our whims because we know that we have a Savior, a Christ who is unwavering. So, well, thanks again for joining. Uh, we'd like to thank you for, um, for joining us this week. If you'd like to support us, then please visit our Patreon page or visit patreon.com uh, and just search for the With You Window podcast and become a supporter today. Now go seek God and his word as you build your household through dominion and mastery to be joyful, sturdy, and productive.